morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. It is our 765th day in God's Word, and we are in Isaiah 65. Mm. I've got good coffee. Hopefully you have coffee, tea, or something uh, to enjoy as we dig into God's Word together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for loving us. For loving us so freely, so richly, so fully in your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for giving us your word as a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Would you please write your word on our hearts today? Write Isaiah 65 on our minds, and our hearts, and in our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Isaiah 65. I was ready to be sought by those who did not ask for me. I was ready to be found by those who did not seek me. I said, here I am, here I am, to a nation that was not called by my name. I spread out my hands all the day to a rebellious people who walk in a way that is not good, following their own devices, a people who provoke me to my face continually, sacrificing in gardens and making offerings on bricks, who sit in tombs and spend the night in secret places, who eat pig's flesh and broth of tainted meat is in their vessels, who say, keep to yourself, do not come near me, for I am too holy for you. These are a smoke in my nostrils, a fire that burns all the day. Behold, it is written before me, I will not keep silent, but I will repay. I will indeed repay into their lap both your iniquities and your father's iniquities together, says the Lord, because they made offerings on the mountains and insulted me on the hills. I will measure into their lap payment for their former deeds. Thus says the Lord, as the new wine is found in the cluster, and they say, do not destroy it, for there is a blessing in it, So I will do for my servants' sake, and not destroy them all. I will bring forth offspring from Jacob, and from Judah, possessors of my mountains. My chosen shall possess it, and my servants shall dwell there. Sharon shall become a pasture for flocks, and the valley of Achor a place for herds to lie down, for my people who have sought me. But you who forsake the Lord, who forget my holy mountain, who set a table for fortune and fill cups of mixed wine for destiny, I will destine you to the sword, and all of you shall bow down to the slaughter, because when I called, you did not answer. When I spoke, you did not listen. But you did what was evil in my eyes and chose what I did not delight in. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, my servants shall eat, but you shall be hungry. Behold, my servants shall drink, but you shall be thirsty. Behold, my servants shall rejoice, but you shall be put to shame. Behold, my servants shall sing for gladness of heart, but you shall cry out for pain of heart, and shall wail for breaking of spirit. You shall leave your name to my chosen for a curse, and the Lord God will put you to death, but his servants he will call by another name so that he who blesses himself in the land shall bless himself by the God of truth, and he who takes an oath in the land shall swear by the God of truth, because the former troubles are forgotten and are hidden from my eyes. 
For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former thing shall not be remembered or come into mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy and her people to be a gladness. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. No more shall be heard in it the sound of weeping and the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant who lives but a few days or an old man who does not fill out his days. For the young man shall die a hundred years old and the sinner a hundred years old shall be accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For the days of a tree, for like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be. And my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity. For they shall be the offspring of the blessed of the Lord and their descendants with them. Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall graze together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox, and dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, says the Lord. That is Isaiah 65. Uh, wonderful gospel promises here in this chapter. So, The first part of this is a prophecy that the Lord, when he is rejected by his own people, the Jewish people, the nation of Israel, he will be found by Gentiles who never even sought him out. I was ready to be sought by those who did not ask for me. I was ready to be found by those who did not seek me. Uh, this is alluded to uh, in Romans 11, among other places, of of God turning his, his face and his, hand, his hands and his heart toward the nations. I said, here I am, here I am, to a nation that was not called by my name. So he had already been spreading out his hands all the day to a rebellious people who walk in a way that's not good, following their own devices. He's going to turn and he's going to go to the Gentiles. So God is lamenting over over the fact that his own people who do have his word and who have been taught by him are doing <coughs> all the same things that Gentiles do. Who don't have his word and who've not been taught by him. They're sacrificing in gardens. They're making offerings on bricks. This is a reference to um, Canaanite religious practices. They sit in the tombs. They spend night in secret places. They eat pig's flesh. They eat of tainted meat in their vessels. And so there are smoke in my nostrils, God says, a fire that burns all day. And so God is going to judge. God is going to judge his people. He's going to repay into their lap both your iniquities and your father's iniquities together because they've made offerings on the hills, on the mountains, insulted me on the hills. But he's going to turn and he's going to, to be gracious first to the Gentiles, and then again to the Jews. So the opening verses said, because of all this judgment, he's going to turn to the Gentiles. But now he says, I'm going to bring forth offspring from Jacob and from Judah, possessors of my mountains, 
My chosen shall possess it, and my servants shall dwell there. Sharon shall become a pasture for flocks in the valley of Achor, a places for herds to lie down. And so um, Jews and Gentiles together, not disloyal Jews, but yes, um, repentant and believing Gentiles all brought together. But not those who forsake the Lord, not those who set a table for fortune and mixed wine uh, for destiny. Those people will be destined to the sword. In the end, in the end, God will save his own holy people from all the nations, every tribe, tongue, people, and nation, and from among the Jewish people, the nation of Israel. But those who reject him, those who turn their back on him, will be judged. Um, and that's kind of the end of that section. Then, in verse 17, we get to the creation of a new heavens and a new earth. Now, this is a very confusing passage. It seems like this is talking about the eternal new heavens and the new earth that is promised and that is revealed in Revelation 21 and 22. He says in verse 17, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered and or come into mind. That's verse 17, which is the beginning of this section. The end of this section, which is down in verse 25, he says, The wolf and the lamb shall graze together, the lion shall eat straw like the ox, and dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, says the Lord. This again seems to be the healing of all creation divisions. There's no longer carnivory. There's no longer bloodshed and, and animosity within creation. It is no more hurting, no more destroying. Only the serpent is cursed because he was destined to be cursed from the beginning, from Genesis 3. So it seems to be that this is the consummation, the new heavens and the new earth. But there is stuff in the middle that seems kind of confusing, if that's the case. Verse 20, no more shall there be in it an infant who lives but a few days or an old man who does not fill out his days for the young man shall die a hundred years old and the sinner a hundred years old shall be accursed. Well, wait a minute. They're going to die at a hundred years old? That seems odd for if it's after the resurrection and it's in the new heavens and the new earth. Why are they dying at a hundred years old? I think thought people were going to live forever. Well, interesting. Um, then verse 22 says, They shall not build and another inhabit, they shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be, and my chosen shall long enjoy the works of their hands. You know, some trees can live for a couple thousand years. Trees certainly can live, many, many trees can live to be more than a hundred years old. Especially olive trees that were well known within Israel. They can live to be hundreds and hundreds or even thousands of years old. So, I think what we have here is indeed a picture of the new heavens and the new earth, of the consummation of the new creation that's going to come into place at the resurrection, at the day of judgment, at the end of all things. I think we were being set up for it even in the first part of Isaiah 65 when that judgment day is going to come and all of God's people from all nations and including believing Jews will be brought in and then the others will be judged and shut out. And I think what we have here in the middle parts is poetic language that is designed to basically tell us all the curse, the injustice, the unfairness, the, the grievousness 
of this creation will be removed. So I don't think it literally means a hundred years old. I just think it means we're not going to have anybody dying in infancy. We're not going to have anybody um, who doesn't fill out their days. Now, I don't think it's yet been revealed that that means we're going to live forever and ever. I think that awaits further revelation. You see, the Bible has this principle of progressive revelation or um, yeah, so so God reveals more and more as time goes by. So here he's saying, I'm going to create a new heavens and a new earth. The divisions and the harm of creation are going to be healed. They shall no more hurt or destroy on my holy mountain. And all the unfairness, all of the injustice, all of the grievous things about life in this world will be removed. In the New Testament, after the resurrection of Christ, in passages like 1 Corinthians 15, we get a clearer picture that that means actually we're going to receive the same kind of body that Christ received at his resurrection, and we are going to live forever. I don't think that's explicitly spelled out here, but I do think that this is referring to the same period of time. It just isn't as fully fleshed out because of the progressive nature of revelation that moves on more and more is revealed as we get closer and closer to the end of Scripture. So what are our takeaways from Isaiah 65? Well, first of all, it is a call to missions. Everyone in the world, even those who don't know God, there are lots of nations in the world today that don't know God, that aren't called by his name. But they need to hear the gospel because God's going to have mercy on some of those folks. He's going to bring them in to his kingdom. He's going to have mercy on them. It's also a call for those of us who do know the Lord to not be faithless to not be idolatrous, to not be worldly, to not be corrupt or vile. So a call to missions, a call for God's people to repent, and then a call to realize that the finality of our hopes, the finality of our hopes will never be found in this life, but only in the life to come, only in the new heavens and the new earth. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. It's beautiful. It's powerful. It's truth. We need it. Thank you for it. Help us to live a life of faith, a life of mission, a life of hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, that is Isaiah 65. Join me tomorrow. We're going to do Isaiah 66 and another psalm, both tomorrow. Hope you can join me for that. I do hope you have a blessed day in the Lord. Mm -hmm.